This is KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. This is your DJ Ramsey, and I have the honor today of speaking to somebody whose influence upon the world cannot be minimized. I am speaking with the one and only Pierre Dulaine, who is a well-known ballroom dancer and dance instructor, and who invented the Dulaine method of teaching dance. He's also founded Dancing Classrooms, a social and emotional development program for fifth grade children that uses ballroom dance as a vehicle to change the lives of the children and their families. And his influence upon the youth of today in the Arab world cannot be underestimated, a fact that is witnessed by his appearance on uh, the Arabic show Yalla Nuros, So You Think You Can Dance. Pierre, ahlan wa sahlan, bonjour and welcome to Arabology. Thank you very, very much. It is a real privilege and honor. Sincerely, I love being with you and thank you for inviting me. So, Pierre, you are in uh, New York right now. And, and of course, you're back from the Middle East at this point, uh, Pierre. Yes, I just arrived. I was on uh, the jury for Yalla Nur Yalla So You Think You Can Dance. And then I visited Amman, Jordan, where I grew up, you know, after, at the end of that. And so I am now back home, back in New York. And this was, of course, your first experience being on the jury of uh, the Arabic version of So You Think You Can Dance, which was uh, filmed in Lebanon. I loved being uh, in Beirut, in Lebanon. I loved being, having had the experience of being a jury being one of the panel on the panel of judges and uh, it was a wonderful experience I, I speak Arabic but uh, as you might say kasser, not as well as I would like to so I was speaking in English with regards to my comments to the dancing participants and uh, the MC the lady who was uh, conducting the show Rita Hayek she speaks English Arabic and French like many people do in Beirut in Lebanon and uh, she was able to translate so I had a good time and I hopefully they had a good time too yes and thanks to the internet I think you know this is one of the most amazing things is the fact that a show like that which airs on Lebanese TV is able to reach the entire world and uh, and inspire people no matter where they live exactly and I mean, I really was flabbergasted, flabbergasted, you know, mm. so it was, it was a pleasure for sure. So uh, before we delve into the experience of uh, being on that show, I'd like you, Pierre, if you don't mind, to take us a little bit through your journey, uh, your journey into the world of dance, which uh, didn't necessarily begin in New York, did it? No, no. Actually, uh, just to uh, give you all the way back <laughs> to when no, I was born, I was born in Jaffa in Palestine in 1944 and in 48 at the creation of Israel we fled my father was Irish and Protestant my mother was Catholic and Palestinian but they loved each other my father was with the British army they met they fell in love and of course they married and I was born so was my sister but in 48 we had to flee and so we went to uh, to the UK to Ireland where my father was from but my father's family did not like the fact that my my mother was both Palestinian Arab and Catholic. He, they were very, very wow. strong Protestants, etc. So I said, no, get rid of her, get rid of her, send her back. So rather than do that, we all went back to the Middle East, to Amman, to Jordan. And this is where I grew up until I was 13. And then unfortunately, my parents lost their home again because there were some problems with the uh, Suez Canal and Gamal Abdel Nasser with the closing of the canal. And so it was dangerous for my parents and us to stay. So we went to, uh, to England. And at the age of 14, I started 
ballroom dancing when I was 14. I was very shy. I spoke English with an Arabic accent. I was very timid. I was made fun of and bullied at school because of my accent. But dancing changed my life. Uh, I started to feel confident and I grew up and eventually I became a champion, etc. So, But I started ballroom dancing in Birmingham in the UK, in England, at the age of 14. And since I started dancing, I have not looked back. I've been very, very happy. So, yes, dancing can change people's lives. And this is where later on, wind forward, I started dancing classrooms where we teach children ballroom dancing for them to have confidence, to have tolerance with other people and uh, really life skills for life. Starting dancing classrooms, which is now about 21 years old, it was not like starting up a business. I just felt I needed to do something to give back to life, to society. And because it happened to me, it was uh, very, as you might say, organic. It changed me and I knew I could help children. Um, and I'm, I'm being very blessed that I have an organization called Dancing Classrooms. I am now retired from it, but I'm an ambassador for the program. And I travel a lot to many of our cities around the country here, plus other countries. So we, in the last 20 plus, years, we have taught over 420,000 children to dance together. And that I'm really, really proud of, if I may shout out, blow my horn, as you might say. <laughs> Which gives me the perfect segue into asking you about the documentary Dancing in Yaffa. How uh, emotional must it have been for you, Pierre, to go back to Yaffa and to actually bring children from both sides of the conflict together through dance? It was the hardest project I have ever, ever undertaken. We know we have problems, and I say problems, challenges. It was hard when I was teaching in the five schools separately, or the, the kids and their individual schools. And then when I brought them together, this is where I was tearing my hair out. I mean, mm. they brought up learning from their homes that this is the enemy or in the Jewish parents, this is a dirty Arab. Excuse my, my uh, saying this out so clearly, sure. but, but this is really what they feel, what they think. However, the nice thing is that because I speak Arabic with a Palestinian accent, uh, the, I, that, this obstacle was overcome by the parents because I was one of them. But then for the Muslim parents to allow their children to dance together, that was a religious issue. But again, when I told them it would help their studies, they accepted it. And then with the Jewish parents, it was okay. They want their children to dance. But with the enemy, with other people, those, no way. But Again, I had no ulterior motive, but good motives. And so I started in five schools with 150 children, and I ended up with 125. So we lost 25 from both sides for various reasons. They couldn't accept to dance with each other. They had religious issues, etc. So I think it was successful enough for us to do the competition and have everybody come and watch their children. And so you had a Muslim parent sitting next to a Jewish parent wow. shouting for their children. Wow. And now they're friends with each other. And I'm really proud, even more proud than the film, to say that the program now, uh, the director is Miri Shahaf Leidvi, our uh, dancing classroom site director in Israel. She is now in 33 schools. Wow. 
in Jaffa, Tel Aviv, Haifa, Galilee, Holon. That for me is really incredible. And she continues to bring families at the end to dance together. That I am really much more proud of than that. I'm very proud of the film. Don't misunderstand me. But I think that the program is continuing with such feelings. It is the piece de resistance. Let's say that. Without giving away the ending to this amazing documentary, I'd like to encourage everybody out there who hasn't seen it to watch it. No matter what you think of the Middle East conflict or of the Palestinian-Israeli seemingly eternal conflict, watch this movie and you will walk away with a new sense of purpose and a new optimism that was found within the Delane method or the method of dancing classrooms. Thank you very, very much. So let's move to Dancing with the Stars. Yalla Nuros, this was an amazing new show, a groundbreaking show. It was the first time it was aired on uh, Arabic TV. It came from the MTV Lebanon station. How were you uh, sort of touted or invited to participate in the show, Pierre? Well, first of all, a couple of years earlier, I was asked to fill in for one of the judges on their show then, the first season of Dancing with the Stars. Okay. And so the producers got to know me from then and they liked me enough. So now they're doing So You Think You Can Dance, Yalla Nur'os, you know, for the best Arab dancer. Janan Malat, the producer and the director, um, Basim Christo, liked me enough to ask me again. And uh, anything that I can do to encourage dancing and culture in the Middle East, I will be there within, within five seconds uh, or less. I say this because if I had not had a, a British father, I would still be in the Middle East right now. I don't know what would have happened, of course, we can never tell. But because my mind, my eyes were open to the Western world and to dancing, I became a dancer. I followed my heart. And I know that the dancing in the Middle East, especially for the young shabab, the young men, is, uh, I, would, I don't want to say taboo, but let's say taboo, haram, or aib, etc., etc. I mean, for a girl, it's okay to dance, but for a boy, uh, it has other uh, implications. And I wanted to be there to encourage future generations of young men and women in the Middle East to dance, take up dancing. Nothing wrong with it. Pierre, were you surprised by the amount of talents and contestants who came to the show with such enthusiasm and such talent, um, both male and female? This is an understatement. These kids are learning from YouTube and following wow. instructions wherever they can by whoever can come by, come by and give them. Of course, Syria and Egypt have opera houses or dance companies, etc. So it's a little bit easier there. These kids are just unbelievable. And then with the professional choreographers that we had on the show, they were lapping up the instruction. When you think that they only had four hours to learn a routine, then then practice it and perform it live five, six days later. They were so hungry for knowledge. So I take my hat off to every single one of them, whether they got through the auditions, because we started with 180. Uh, 80 dancers, 19 ladies and 90 gentlemen. And we narrowed them down to the top 16, eight men, eight women. But you know what? The, the last 30 plus could have been in the finals as well. They really were very, very good. It was then up to the votes. Who ended up uh, winning the uh, contest? A lady, a Lebanese woman by the name of Karel. She won. Uh, but with all due respect to Karel and good luck to her and I wish her all the best, the, the best dancer 
really was um, Hamad Hamid from Egypt. Wow. 23-year-old boy, young man, incredible leaps and jumps, incredible hip-hop dancing he did, incredible Broadway and jazz, and not taking anything away from Karel. Don't misunderstand me. Karel, mm-hmm. I love you. You're beautiful. And you really stood out on stage. was great. But when you compare the two, Karel won. But for in my mind, Muhammad could have won very, very easily. And I'm sorry he didn't to make the statement that a male can dance and can win. That's the reason I'm really sorry. Not to take anything, again, not to take anything away from Karel. Seems to me that this show shattered some of these stereotypes and brought out these amazing young men who, despite very difficult circumstances, managed to shine on stage, on TV. And if I may just add that we had a young man come from Saudi Arabia, a young man dancer from Saudi Arabia. I mean, he didn't come through the auditions because, you know, for so you think you can dance, you have to be able to dance at a reasonably good level, all five styles. That means ballroom, contemporary, jazz, Broadway, and hip-hop. Of course, hip-hop, many of them could do because they could watch it on MTV, uh, how you say, on on video clips, etc. But we had this young man from Saudi Arabia. Fantastic. And uh, one other uh, young man comes to mind, uh, Pierre, who uh, who was born and raised in a refugee camp in Syria. I think you may not be surprised when I mention that his name is Ahmed. Ahmed, (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead, Pierre. (laughs) My heartfelt friend. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. In fact, Pierre, we uh, here at the Arabology Show got the uh, unique uh, chance and opportunity to interview Ahmad Jude himself, who is currently wow. in the Yarmouk camp in Syria, who returned yes. there after his uh, amazing uh, performances on uh, So You Think You Can Dance. Yes. And I know that one of the things he said, and you'll be able to hear in the upcoming interview, is the way he felt about you as a judge, as somebody on the jury. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And, oh, wow. and I'll leave that as a surprise. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, dear. Thank you. Absolutely. But it's very, very mutual, for sure. The very first time I saw him, Ramsey, uh, he danced, and we had to ask him some questions, and he was answering in Arabic. Of course, I understand Arabic. And, uh, you know, so, I, so when he danced, I started to cry when I was giving my comments. And, of course, the producers showed that on TV, et cetera, et cetera. You know what a TV moment is? Mm-hmm. That was it. And I just felt, wow, what an incredible... Incredible man when he because he's a tall young man and then when he was using his body and his arms to the fullest really extending and flying and my comment to him when I see you jump like that and fly in the air it reminds me that you are flying for your freedom and that's where oh my god yeah I'm gonna cry now that's when I just burst out crying so to say that I love this young man would be an understatement and to me quite honestly I was sorry. Uh, was sorry that he was out in episode five. I think, yeah, I think episode five. To me, he was the top. He and Muhammad Hamid were the top two male dancers, and and so I was really upset when he was. Uh, not uh, going forward. Pierre, for those listeners who may not know about Ahmad Jude's story, I mean, in some ways it's very uh, specific, but in other ways, he also sort of embodies the struggle of a whole people and the way he had to heal himself and get over his situation uh, is unique yet universal at the same time. Can you maybe just briefly tell us about his journey? 
from what I know, and uh, because they do a reportage on each individual, he, he's, I believe he's 24 years old. He was born and has lived all his life in a refugee camp. And out of the blue, he somehow well, used to sneak out at the age of 12, I believe is when he started dancing, out of the refugee camp because he wanted to dance. And somehow he gets to a dance studio, dancing school, and this lady, a Russian-trained uh, woman, Belova, I believe her name was, if I remember correctly, yes. took to him and encouraged him. Now, his father, I believe, forbade him to dance, but his mother knew and he continued to dance without his father's knowledge. His mother used to tell him, you know, if you if you people ask you where you are, just say you're doing the depke, you're doing like the local folk type dancing. And uh, and that's it. But he used to invent excuses to what uh, where he was going twice a week, however many times he used to sneak out of the camp. And then apparently I'm told uh, when his father saw him uh, dance for the first time on television, he broke down crying. Oh, wow. It's, I mean, the thing is, as, as parents... I understand the culture. I cannot I cannot criticize the father because this is, you know, all over the Middle East to say. But we should encourage our children to use their imagination, to give them wings, to do what they want to do. It's their life. As Khalil Gibran would say, children are not yours. They come through you. Let them fly, baby. And so Absolutely. and that's what I want to I want uh, I want for Ahmed to fly. Yeah, أولادكم ليسوا أولادكم إنهم أولاد الحياة is what uh, Gibran said, which yeah. is your translation was impeccable yeah. there. And I think it represents really the kind of spirit that we saw on the show. So you think you can dance Yalla Nurus, a show that uh, brought joy to so many people around the world and helped so many of us deal with the horrible realities that are currently going on in Syria and in the region. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to say something personal now uh, about my lovely friend Ahmed. I was speaking to him on the telephone from Amman and I said, oh, are you in bed? He said, well, it was in the morning, actually, a little bit later than not. Um, he said, well, no, I'm not in bed. I mean, I sleep on the floor. Wow. wow. Ya haram. Haram. He sleeps on the floor and yet he soars up high when he's on stage. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, yes. Pierre Dudin, I cannot thank you enough for the time, for the kindness that you have shown everybody, for the positive reinforcements, for the modesty that is so, such a part of you. And uh, I will end by saying that, inshallah, and I want all listeners to know this, that we are hoping to bring you and Ahmad Jude to Stanford. Inshallah, I will be there. Thank you very, very much. I wish you and all of your students all the very best. Thank you again.